Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Amen. So it's Gaudete Sunday. Our third Sunday in Lent is Gaudete Sunday. That's Latin for rejoice. And that's certainly what we're all about this morning. Hills of the north rejoice. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. There shall be everlasting joy upon the people's heads. As we turn into the darkest, shortest days of the year, rejoice. The light of the world is soon to come. But amidst all our rejoicing, we hear the question of John the Baptist through his disciples. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? In other words, Jesus, have I made a terrible mistake? Last week, we encountered John the Baptist as a figure of passionate confidence. The hour had come, the axe was lying at the root of the trees, and the Messiah was soon to bring a baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. And now, John is in prison, guilty of speaking truth to power yet again. He spoke out in condemnation of King Herod, who took his brother's wife in marriage. From his prison cell, John sends his followers, his own disciples, to find out just what's going on. Is he missing the reports while he's locked away? Are the trees coming down? Is the fire spreading? Is Jesus striking at the roots of evil and power? Or is John supposed to still be waiting for another Messiah, another savior, the real deliverer of his people? It's a heartbreaking moment of doubt and desperation, especially for the man who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. Are you the one, or am I supposed to wait for another? That's what Jesus is answering, that desperation, that longing for a savior who will lead with a power that challenges the might of Rome. And Jesus says to these disciples, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Go and tell John what you hear, what you see. Go and tell John your stories. Tell him what you've seen and heard about the kingdom. Go and tell John my stories. We know how often that is the most powerful thing we as Christians have to offer the world, our stories about God, what we've heard and seen. So that's the answer. You go and tell John what you hear and see. But Jesus continues, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. We gather every Wednesday morning as clergy to discuss the Sunday scripture, and I think it's Jay whose question hit right at the heart of this. Who could be offended by Jesus? Who could be offended by Jesus? Reflecting on this passage, I've come to feel John could. John might take offense at miracles he'll never see, liberation he'll never feel, Salvation he encounters only secondhand. John is in prison and shortly to die, and his death will be grisly and painful. 
and it won't seem to change anything at all. There is no shaking of the foundations when John is murdered. Herod continues right on. John has done everything right, and he will suffer anyway. And his suffering and death don't have any inherent meaning except his disappointment. And in that way, I think we might take offense at Jesus. We might take offense at God when we hear stories like John's or when those are our stories. The healing that doesn't come, the relationship that can't be repaired, the wrongs we never can make right, the miracle that just never happens. Those are our stories too. Just as we can tell others what we hear and see of the power of God, we have our own stories of doubt. And beyond doubt, despair. How could God let this happen? Where is God's saving power in my need and my pain? I know I've asked that question, and I know there are members of our community at St. James who are stuck in the worst kind of Advent waiting because it won't be over at Christmas time. The way forward is not yet clear. So in this scripture, we see life as we know it. Some people experience miracles and other people experience profound and painful disappointment. And we have to try not to take offense at something that can feel so unfair. And in the gospel, as in life, God's message can feel ambiguous. John asks, are you the one? And Jesus answers essentially, what do you think? So I'll tell you what I think. God and John are inviting us to be disillusioned, to let the shades fall from our eyes and let pain and sorrow and doubt be what they are and feel them deeply because that's what God does. God and John are inviting us to free ourselves from every lingering way that we let religion feel transactional, to know that God doesn't make promises based on our good behavior. It's not transactional. This thing, this thing we're doing on the local scale at St. James, the national scale of the Episcopal Church, the international scale of Christendom, this thing we're doing. This shared life, this shared longing is bigger than the circumstances of our own lives. And we are called to the seemingly impossible, which is selfless gratitude. We are called to care about liberation and deliverance for other people, even if we remain in chains. We are called to selfless gratitude. And that is incredibly difficult. At least it is for me. Yet we are equipped to do it. This impossible thing, we are equipped to do it. God has given us what we need to do the seemingly impossible. God has given us himself. Or as our Christmas story goes, she shall bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God with us, God with us. We know already that Jesus's suffering 
didn't end human suffering, that Jesus' death doesn't end our physical death, but God's life, his incarnation, his presence, his resurrection, his spirit, it means that we are never alone. Or as our Christmas story goes, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. God is inviting us to not be afraid of the dark. Our fear, our unknowing, even our despair and disappointment is not the end. If we feel that way, it is not the end. And we're not meant to dull the sharp edges of this world, but to see their glint, their power. And that because we are not alone, our safety from the power of suffering and death is wrapped up in each other's, the shared gift of salvation from a powerful God. God is with us through disillusionment and despair, through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the love we share in Christian community and in the holy mystery that draws us here this morning that we cannot even begin to understand. God is always with us. That's Gaudete Sunday. That's where we find the audacity to rejoice. Audacity that John may have rejoiced in his prison cell and that we can rejoice in the darkness of this world. Because darkness is not a synonym for a bad world, but a waiting one. And so we rejoice, 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 because the darkest days are yet to come. Amen. <laughs>